Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We had a wonderful Christmas fellowship last night. And I think the food got to all of us. <laughs> Sorry we missed some of you guys. Um, it was a sweet fellowship and great celebration. So it's such an honor to be able to spend quality time together as a family of God. And really, we felt like family. We are family. And so it was funny is that we ate so well. And the chef that is part of our church didn't even cook. <laughs> and it was like, it was amazing. So thank you. Jesus. I know Jessica prayed. I appreciate prayed a lot, but I want to just submit to the Lord. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in this place. Your call, your heart, your desire for your sons and daughters to come into your midst and for your plan to come into fruition. There is an encounter from the heavenly to the earth, from the heaven, God, heaven, your children on the earth and there is this colliding merging that is taking place and lord we just say yes and amen to you i submit to you for your words and the hearts of the listeners that you will have your way in jesus name amen i don't know about you but you know this uh, christmas season we sing peace on earth but sometimes it feels little chaotic you guys ever feel that maybe you guys can relate I mean in addition to the work that we are required to do in our everyday um, we get distractions we get invitations we have obligations we have shopping to do and and if shopping isn't stressful enough man there's traffic all the more on the roads and then there is traffic at the register when you're ready to pay and it just everything just adds up Everything just adds up, and we are very finite beings uh, in our time, in our financial resources, and all these things. And it just, it pulls us in all directions, and it feels less than peaceful, which is contrary to what this season is supposed to be, right? Because we sing peace on earth, our greeting cards, peace and joy in this Merry Christmas. Uh, I mean... That word peace, because Prince of Peace came, we celebrate Christmas because Jesus Christ came, yet it's a season when we lack peace. And I want to just touch on that this morning. We're going to look at what it meant for the Prince of Peace to come on the earth. What that fulfilled in the prophecy, what God meant, what it meant for the ancient Israelites, but all of us, I don't necessarily feel like I have peace all the time when it's the season to celebrate that there is peace on the earth. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah 9, I'm going to look at verses 6 through 7. I'll be uh, posting up the ESV version for you, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. 
For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there is no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. That's the word of God. So this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9 points to the Messiah who was to come. The Messiah being the anointed one. In the Old Testament times, if you know, the word Messiah means anointed one. They were anointed with oil, which represented the power of the Holy Spirit upon the individuals. And there were three offices that were appointed or anointed with the oil, and that were prophets, priests, and kings. So when the Israelites think of the Christ or the Messiah, they think of the king often because the kings were often anointed. They forget that prophets and priests were also anointed. Now, we get to this text, and it's like, well, what do you read? Do you read a king, or do you read God? There are things that I think when we read the scriptures, it's very easy to come with our expectations, with our 21st century mind, and as we read the text. In the same way, the ancient Israelites came with their expectations, their alluding of what the Christ or the Messiah would look like. And so when they read uh, in verse 6 and 7 of uh, a wonderful counselor and his government would be upon his shoulder, and like it sounds like, especially in the line of David, they had expectations that it would be a kingly figure. That was the expectations. So the Israelites believed that the next Christ, the Christ means the Messiah, means uh, the anointed one, that he would come in the line of David. But look at the words further down. It says, wonderful counselor, everlasting or eternal father, prince of peace. They allude to Godhead. This cannot be just a mere man. And that word for prince is sar in the Hebrew. The word prince, it's often translated as prince or um, commander, but it's, when you look at it, the word czar is where we get czar. It's a ruler, right? It's that same word that was used in Joshua 5.14 where there's a commander of the Lord's army. You guys remember that? And if you heard my other sermons before, then you know I said that was Jesus. So if you remember, Joshua crosses over the Jordan. They get into the promised land, and he sees this commander of the Lord's army, someone, military figure, impressive figure, and he has a drawn sword. And Josh asks, he's like, are you for me or against me? He goes, no. <laughs> the Tsar, the, the commander of the Lord's army, he says, no. I am the Tsar of Yahweh's army. Now take off your sandals for the place that you are standing is a holy ground. That doesn't sound like a man. That sounds like Jesus, one who has the authority, one who can make that place, the environment, that which was just a land that was plagued with sin, with a 
pagan practices where God comes and says, the place that you are standing is a holy ground. He changed the atmosphere of the place that he came. That word sar represents Jesus, is the ruler, the prince, the commander. When we know that this was Jesus Christ was more than a man, a mighty God, everlasting father who came down in human incarnate, and the government is upon his shoulder. But we recognize that government is not like the government that we expect. Now, the Israelites expected the government of their, you know, of their land. But we're talking prophecy where the government is one of the kingdom of God, and he will reign. Where there is no end. With justice and with righteousness from time forth and forevermore. Eternal kingdom. That's the prophecy. But the Israelites had uh, certain expectations. They read that prophecy. They anticipated the Christ to come. And they expected someone like a kingly figure with the kingdom principles and all those things. But we see from this prophecy, it goes beyond. Because the prince of peace who is to come Peace is shalom. Now, Israelites use that shalom, which is a very good word, as their form of greeting. Uh, shalom, and you guys probably heard many sermons on the word shalom, which means peace. It's an absence of hostility, but it's also the wholeness. It's restoration. It's, there's nothing broken, nothing harmed. It conveys prosperity and blessings that God can give. There is nothing that you can give that shalom to anyone else. You can say the greeting, I come in peace, without the absence of the hostility, but you cannot give shalom to another. Do you understand? That shalom can only come from God because God is the one who surpasses all things and to make that chaos into a place of peace, of blessings, nothing broken, nothing harm, fullness. Shalom. We can say Salem or Siloam, depending on the dialect and the regions of how people say it. But it is this word, idea, that transcends all understanding where heaven comes and changes the atmosphere. No one can give such peace but God, who is the Prince of Peace. And no one can truly experience the shalom when sin abounds. Let me say that again. No one can truly experience the shalom when sin abounds. Do you know why? Because sin is a chasm that separates God to man. Sin is a dividing wall. The chasm is the grand canyon of canyons. That is so far, so deep, so wide that you cannot cross or to attain that which is where God can offer. Shalom can only come from God, but sin is the chasm that separates you from God. You cannot expect to have the shalom and experience God. Did I say that right? You cannot expect to have shalom and have sin. It's contrary from the source of to your own life. Isaiah prophesied that the Lord's anointed one, anointed one will come 
who is the Prince of Peace. And there will not be any man who can bring that because he is the Prince of Peace. So there was this great expectancy, great expectancy of the one who's going to bring this atmosphere, change, shalom upon the land, and he will rule. And when Jesus came, he changed the atmosphere. He changed the atmosphere of the very place. That he, from the time that he was a baby, when Jesus came, right? Did you know that God came not to fulfill the expectations of man, but to reveal his revelation and fulfill his prophecies, right? You guys know that? God didn't, Jesus didn't come to like, oh, let me fulfill your expectation. No, he came to fulfill father's expectations and when he came he blew out of the waters any expectations of how they thought this Christ the Messiah would come right from birth we know that uh, when Jesus came the king of kings came but he was not born in a super bridal cradle bonnet with servants all around that was worthy for him but he was placed in a trough a feeding trough a manger in a barn or a cave where animals stood completely unexpected Jesus comes changed the atmosphere and did completely things unexpected lepers were cleansed evil spirits demonic spirits were cast out the lame walked the blind saw and when people heard the word of God they turned from their ways the atmosphere changed expectations were thrown out Jesus as powerful and almighty as glorious as he was when he came he did these people turned, but there was a group of people who did not you guys know what I'm talking about there was a group of people who saw Jesus do the miraculous, heard his words, and heard even more all that he has done without seeing it because of all the testimonies that was happening, yet they did not turn. Why? Who were they? They were the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, Pharisees, the Sadducees, the lawyers. They were, in, if we were to equivalent to modern day, they were the pastors and the priests who were to called to lead the people to God, point them to God through the scriptures. Yet they were the ones who saw the Son of God and failed to recognize him. Full light, full light. It was the teachers of the law who knew, who were supposed to know God, but failed to recognize him. Why? Because they thought they knew what they knew, and Jesus didn't meet their expectations. Here's the thing about expectation. They often lead to disappointment. Expectation is to say, I think this is how it's supposed to be. This is how I want it to be. We dream dreams of what things are supposed to look like. And when it doesn't, it only leads to disappointments. Here's the thing with expecta expectations and expectancy. It's very self-centered. Because even when you see truth, realize there's still disappointment because it was not the way I like. You guys with me? Now, there are expectations when people may surprise you and do beyond that. That's the minor. That doesn't happen too often. 
people rarely blow you out of the water and do beyond the expectations. We're just happy if they just fulfill our expectations. But expectations is about my want, not about the truth. And we're often disappointed. Jesus Christ, God's own son, came to fulfill not our expectations, but the Father's. He came not for my wants, but what the Father willed. Why am I telling you all this? Because sometimes we forget why Jesus came. Sometimes we forget why Jesus came and why we celebrate Christmas. We have our expectations. And we often get disappointed when our expectations are not met. Jesus came because there was sin in the world. There was chaos in the world. That which God created and said, it is good. He made man. He said, it's very good. It was all good when God made it, but it was sin that created the chaos, the divisions, the brokenness. God the Father created us to have relationship, to love, and to pour upon, to continue to release his shalom and blessings in our lives. But it was a sin that divided. It was a sin that separated. It was a sin that introduced everything that we hate in this world. That is the disappointments, the hurts, the pains, the, the, the betrayals. And when we experience this void in our life because of the chaos, what do we do? We turn to things that make us happy. We turn to our happy places. We turn to the things that gives us pleasures or things that look good to our own eyes. I remember I had a friend who, uh, she liked shopping. And so when she had a tough day at the office, she would say, I need retail therapy. She would go and she would look at the things that appeal to her eyes and she would make the purchase. It would make her feel better. And what she was doing was redirecting, misdirecting the focus of the chaos of the work into a pleasure. That was her happy place, right? We all have our places where we go to to redirect our eyes to what gives us pleasure, right? It's our little distractions. It's a technique. In sin, when God's people had turned away from God to the things of the world, they were misdirecting themselves. They were trying to find a, fulfill their void, to find a happy place. And what do people do? They turn to relationships that were not fulfilling. They turn to their jobs or careers or businesses or their own status. They look to things that their happy place so that they can feel good. But you know these are all very temporary things. They're not everlasting things. They are but a void that we're looking for a happy place that is temporary. And that's why we go from relationship to relationship, or we go from job to job, or business to business. We are trying a lot of things because we're looking for the happy place. But they're just misdirections. But God, the Prince of Peace, came that we might have life. 
He came to remove that divide, the chasm, the separations, the sin. He came, he died to remove that so that we can have the fulfillment of the true shalom. That which divided us, separated us from the true shalom, he came, the Prince of Peace, to give us that life and life to the full. That's the good news. That's the gospel in a nutshell, folks. So we don't have to be misdirected. We can go to Jesus, the source of shalom. He came, but you might say, but I don't have peace. So what's up, Eric? You know, that sounds great. But why do I feel the way I do with my anxiousness or stress and grinding my teeth at night? A couple of reasons. One, the devil still has a stronghold in this place. Jesus came, the Prince of Peace came. Prince of Sar of Shalom came, brought and changed the atmosphere. But he also ascended. And he promised he will come back and he will reign forever and ever. So that prophecy is still not yet. He has shown us the glimpse of what that Shalom looks like, how the atmosphere change will look like in our lives and how good it can be. You, you with me? But the devil still has a stronghold on the earth because Jesus is still not reigning forever and ever. But we see glimpses of where Jesus reigns. Do you understand? He has come, but not only did he come, he has given us his Holy Spirit to abide in us, to remain in us, to walk the walk in this world. Even though the devil reigns in this earth, we can still walk with the Lord. But I will venture the second reason is that sometimes we go to our happy places, our distractions, the misdirections, away from God. Sometimes we treat king of kings like we do with happy places. We stress at work. We go to God. God, help me. We have a tough time with our relationship. We go to God. Lord, help me. We stress when we you know, when we're love struck or love sick or love disappointed, hurt, we go to God. God, help me. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes that's the only times that we go to God. As if it, God's our happy place. We treat him as the misdirection to a real life where God's just part-time life. You guys with me? I'm not saying this is all of you guys. I'm just saying it could be. Because Remember, the shalom, the source of peace, is one who came not to be a part-time lover, but the one who indwells and lives in us to have a relationship. If I only go to Sarah, my beautiful wife, only when I want something from her, she's going to catch on and goes, do you really love me? Or do I continually abide in our love and honor her, love her, talk to her, walk with her. If I only go to her only when I want something, that's not love. That's not relationship. But that's how we treat God. And we wonder why we're not experiencing the shalom. I confess, I do that sometimes. That's not a confession I would like to say in front of my own people and as a pastor. I ought to have everything right, but I don't. I confess that 
sometimes when I'm consumed with work and the distractions, it, it is like I know when I am one with God, that verse, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. I know when I seek him first, no matter how busy I am, everything is in line. There is shalom in my life. I know with my marriage, with my business, with like my relationship and everything. Shalom. Whole. Perfect. But it's when I get distracted and I get busy just trying to make everything well, I treat God part-time. And that's when I have to repent. That's my confession. There is no peace when we only go to Him when we need Him. But there is peace when we are abiding in Him, remaining in Him. John 15 and verse 337 says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branch are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So translations use that word abide to if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Right? It still talks about the oneness. It is not about part-time visitations or the distractions or no this is about living together in oneness abiding remaining in one another our mighty God came to give us life and life to the full and uh, that's God's plan he came to live amongst us the indwelling Holy Spirit in you, in your heart, in your life, in all your decisions. It is not about you going to him occasionally to do whatever. It is about one, and it's like talking with him all day long. I remember when, uh, before Sarah and I were even a thing, we used to communicate, and she was in Switzerland in some prophetic school. And she told me, and this inspired me, because I didn't know at that time that this was even possible. But she was taking for a walk, and she was like in God, listening and abiding, and just God was just so sweet in her life. And one day she was taking a walk, and she felt the absence of his presence. And she cried, Lord, do not leave me, not even for a second. I don't know. She was like some mountain hiking. Like she was with God, but then she felt this absence for a very short, temporary. She said, not even for a second, don't leave me. Because if you've tasted the relationship, if you've tasted that oneness, if you've tasted that shalom in your life, you don't want to be misdirected to look anything else. Do you guys understand? Maybe we have not tasted it, right? But we've seen glimpses of this, like today's worship. When you are in the midst of God's shalom, in the relationship, oneness with him, there's nothing like it that even compares. And it's available all the time for us. That's my point. 
Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we get misdirected. Sometimes we have this ADD like, oh, you know. Or sometimes we have the lust of the eyes going to what looks good to us. And that's, if we confess, that's Christmas. All these bright lights and commercials and they look so attractive as if they could fulfill us with happiness. But that's the lie of this world. But seek first his kingdom and all these other things will be given to you as well. Amen? I'm going to invite the um, prayer team to come forward. Listen, church. There is so much to what God has in store for you and me. And I don't know if that's you, if you have treated God as a happy place, as a temporary place, or uh, a side note. We forget that God is God, and that we submit to him, and we follow him. Not, God, you are here to fulfill my expectations. Sometimes we get angry when God doesn't heal in the way we expect him to. Or if God answers my prayer in the way I expect him to. We come with our own personal agenda of our own expectations, and we get disappointed. We get angry with God. But it's like God didn't come to serve us. He came to save us. He came to give us life and life to the full. But it wasn't to what you want, to your expectation, to whatever it is that you wish. He's not a genie in a bottle. We can't treat him that way with such disrespect. We have to submit to him and him alone. He is God. He is the king. We submit. That's the humility that he calls upon his own people. And he, his, he graciously invites us to come closer. But we have treated God like a side gig. And we need to repent of that. So I don't know if you need to repent or... Let's go in prayer. You can keep playing. I want to give people time to meditate and see if, if the Lord is convicting you of anything. Or if you need prayer, this prayer team is here to be able to intercede for you, pray for you. If there's sickness, there's brokenness, you need that shalom in your life, physical, spiritual, emotional, come receive the prayer. But what is the Lord convicting you of? It's not, sometimes it's not enough for us to just believe that Jesus came to give us shalom, but to really trust that he came to give you shalom. Lord, minister to your sons and daughters right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.